Podcast Help Desk number 62 for October 2nd, 2015. The Podcast Help Desk is where we go deep into the technology of podcasting, help you with the problems you may run into, and when we have a chance, review new gadgets, services, and solutions for podcasters. The Podcast Help Desk is now part of the Modern Life Network. Check out more great shows over at modernlifepodcastnetwork.com. Podcast Help Desk is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Check out more family-friendly shows at techpodcast.com. You can always find the full show notes for each episode at podcasthelpdesk.com. Now, on with the show. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever the case may be. This is Mike, and this is Podcast Help Desk. And let's see, nothing of note in the news this last week. But uh, other than, I should say, other than International Podcast Day, and uh, I watched a lot of it on on Blab, and it was very good, and it's been getting a lot of play in the media. Uh, in fact, uh, Steve Lee, my boss over at the network and the founder of International Podcast Day, was mentioned in the New York Times. So that was pretty cool. I have a link to that article in the show notes. And also, I was on WKLT in Traverse City. That's a uh, rock station that I I work at once in a while, (laughs) filling in for the uh, news guy over there, Rick Coates. And uh, anyway, I got to open for Paul Stanley of KISS. Uh, He was on like half hour after I was, but was there as a guest. That was kind of cool. I uh, got to talk about International Podcast Day. It was it was great. Uh, those guys were talking about podcasting as I was driving to the radio station. So uh, podcasting got uh, probably a good 45 minutes of, of airtime here in uh, Traverse City area, northwest Michigan area. And uh, it was very cool to be part of that. Uh, International Podcast Day was trending worldwide at number one on Twitter for a few hours. It was trending on Facebook for a while, number one worldwide, and it was a great success. Uh, Steve Lee was uh, on uh, for like, what, 36 hours. I don't know if he stayed up the whole time, because I certainly didn't, but uh, it was pretty cool. Very cool. And he's supposed to be on uh, Dave Jackson's uh, School of Podcasting here uh, this week, so go check that out. And let's see. Uh, other, I don't know if this is news, kind of an announcement thing. Uh, I'll be on the PowerPress podcast, the official Blueberry podcast next week. If you want to check that out, uh, our rebooted podcast, check out powerpresspodcast.com, or if you're using PowerPress, it's right there in the uh, main screen of PowerPress. Uh, you can uh, just click play right there, uh, right there in your dashboard. <laughs> How's that for distribution? Ooh, what was that noise? Huh, heard, heard a noise. Anyway, and I say that a lot, don't I? Uh, Rob Greenley joined me for an interview, and I'm going to play that next. He's the uh, director of content over at Spreaker.com, uh, formerly of Microsoft and Podcast One and various other things, as we'll talk about in the interview. But it was very cool to catch Rob. I caught him right after the recording of 
his show that he does with Todd, the new media show, with Todd Cochran. So uh, without further ado, here's Rob Greenlee. And thanks, Rob, for uh, stopping by. You've already been on uh, an hour and a half so far this morning. Yeah, it's a marathon podcasting run for me on Saturdays. Actually, I've been doing um, doing shows on Saturday mornings for many, many, many years now. I started doing it back in 1999. I would walk into a radio station in the Seattle market, and I I did an hour-long show at 11 a.m. every Saturday morning. So this whole habit of mine of doing podcasting and doing radio at um, early morning on Saturday, is I, it's my life routine now after 15 years of doing this stuff. Right. Well, I'm glad uh, you could carve out a little time for uh, for my show. As I was telling you off off air here, uh, I'm kind of going through the people that I talk about on my show and uh, getting them on here so that uh, my audience can meet them. Yeah, that's great. Well, it's great to be here. I know you've been in the space a long time and uh, always enjoy talking with you. Yeah, I enjoy talking with you. And we it's usually in Vegas. I don't think I've ever met you anywhere but Vegas. So. Well, uh, we both have a lot of friends that are in the podcasting space. That that's that's our annual <clears throat> meetup, you know, of all of all the people that we've known all these years. And I've got a lot of people that I've, I I just know virtually, and it's it's nice sometimes to put a face and shake their hands and spend get a beer with them or something. And uh, that's what's great about those 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 events, right? The, the podcast expo or the new media expo or now podcast movement. Yeah, whatever they call it every year. Yeah, exactly. It, <laughs> or it changed, the two of them. Yeah, yeah, it totally changes from year to year, yeah. So uh, you started in radio in 99. When did you uh, get into podcasting? Well, I started, uh, it was really not a big deal to me. It was like 2004 was kind of when the whole Adam Curry and Dave Weiner thing was kicking off, and they were playing around with enclosures. You know, uh, Dave Dave Weiner is a guy that invented RSS, and he basically worked with the standards group to, you know, adopt, you know, the the protocols or the the tags or whatever to create these XML files, and and so he had added uh, this enclosure tag to the the um, XML spec specifications, and so um, that enclosure tag had the ability to put in a link to any kind of file it could be uh could be a document it could be a pdf file it could be a an audio video file whatever back in the day and um so anyway i i kept hearing about this because i I was involved in making my radio show that i was doing at the time called web talk radio um you know available as a download let's say off my website and things like that and was working with other distribution platforms that were not using RSS at the time, but were doing more programmatic sharing between client and and server kind of transfers of, of media files, like companies like Microsoft that had a product called Sync and Go that worked with uh, Windows XP and like a pocket PC device um, that would <clears throat> automatically synchronize media files. <clears throat> so there were a bunch of companies out there that were doing that uh, prior to podcasting. So I was involved in working with those distribution platforms because at the time I was looking for every possible way that I could distribute an audio file, um, whether it's embedding it in a, an article that I had written um, or putting it into live streams or on public radio stations or, or using, you know, shoutcast type, type streams and things like that back in those days. Um, 
so it really was just really involved in all aspects of this in the the early days of um, of podcasting. So when I started in 2004, it was like the summer, it was like uh, September 2004, um, I just added the enclosure tag to my blog feed at the time and I was podcasting, you know. So, so you were doing audio before podcasting. So, oh yeah, years before, and and it really wasn't a big deal to me at the time. I mean, it was really interesting all of the the, the buzz that it was getting based on what Adam Curry was doing, uh, the the articles in Wired magazine with the bullet going through the the broadcast radio, how podcasting was going to kill the radio, which obviously has not happened. Um, but at the time, there was just a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of energy, not unlike what we've seen over the last six months in the space with Serial and all of the excitement that's um, bubbled up around that series and that success uh, in growing that. And then the more recent conversation that uh, Mark Marin had with President Obama, and those are all good things for podcasting. And I think uh, as I think back on the medium um, most of my audience was coming from streaming, uh, you know, Windows and real streams back then. Podcasting was just a blip on the radar at the time for me. And, um, and it, it grew and became something more significant over the last 10 years. Yeah, I think the, uh, the bar to get into podcasting has been lowered lately. And, and I, th- I think that's a good thing to a point. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, the only problems, of course, we talk about this on my show all the time, is, you know, you do have to learn a little bit of something now to to, to do it right. But mm-hmm. anybody can do this. It, it, you know, you, you, can, you can podcast from an iPhone or an Android or a Windows phone. I mean, they've got apps out there that, you know, of course, it's not going to sound as good as somebody that's using a professional microphone or whatever, but it yeah. can be done. Yeah, it can be. You know, the company I'm working for now, Spreaker, um, has iOS and Android apps that you can um, just launch the app and it'll actually capture the audio from the built-in microphone in your iPhone uh, or on on your iPad. You don't even have to have special equipment. Just take the existing equipment that you have and you can record a podcast. Now, if you want to bring in guests or you want to do something more elaborate, um, that's going to require different capabilities. So, I think that you're right. I mean, there's the whole spectrum of being able to produce content now. Uh, It couldn't be easier, really, in a lot of ways. Um, Spreaker is certainly a good example of that. Um, You know, you can do a live show just by putting a pushing the record button, entering some metadata, a title, and things like that, and it will automatically push to your RSS feed. You don't even have to do any post production. Yeah, the problem with that with me is uh, I have to edit a little. (laughs) Yeah, well, and. And a lot of people want to, right? I mean, unless they're really disciplined about doing that live show, which I, I do every week. I do a live show for Spreaker called the Spreaker Live Show. And I'm very structured about it. I, I start right at a certain time. I have my intro music and I, I just key it all in to produce it like a radio show, like a broadcast. If I was sitting in a in a studio at a radio station, I would have to do the same thing. <clears throat> I would have to play the intro music and then I would have to be talented enough to know when to come into that intro music to start talking and then have the intro exit music. And if I want to play any kind of sound bites or conversations with guests, I have to be able to pipe them in via Skype and know how to do that and manage everything, um, you know, as well as be the talent too. So 
there is kind of this skill that you have to develop in order to do more advanced podcasting and how to how to work a mic, how to be on a mic. What how far away do you need to be from the mic? How should you speak into the mic? Um, should you have a pop filter? Should you what kind of mic? You know, is it dynamic condenser? Which mics sound good with your voice? I mean, you have a lot of uh, these little decisions that you need to make if you really want to be a professional at this stuff. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing. A lot of a lot of these uh, a lot of podcasters about podcasting. You know, they they assume that everybody's wanting to go into this as a profession or you know as some way to make money or or whatever. But there's a lot of hobby podcasters out there that are doing it just for the love of podcasting or for the love of the subject. Yeah, or they just want to get together with their friends and just you know, tell jokes and have fun and drink beers while they're recording the show and have a good time. And, and really in reality, there's plenty of room for that. And, you know, you may not build a huge audience. You might get lucky. You know, I talked to a, a group of podcasters down in Australia yesterday that, that started out doing that. Um, just get, you know, friends getting together, talking about fun topics and, and they wound up growing a show that's got twenty five, thirty thousand listeners. You know, it's it can happen, right? And it's just a matter of being consistent and and um, learning um, as you go along, doing this, and you get better and better and better. And ultimately, it's the same thing I did with my own show. I didn't, you know, I didn't walk into a radio station and have a huge audience in the first you know, month or the first year. It took multiple years to build a big audience. Yeah, it definitely takes a while to build any kind of audience, and you know whether you're on radio or on on uh, yeah. you know, the internet a, in, in whatever capacity. I, it's the I, same thing. Yeah, yeah, I do a little bit of radio myself, and you know, it, I be honest with you, I, I don't look at that as as important as doing my podcast because I know <laughs> yeah, I know for true. a fact Isn't that, that funny? I have, yeah. yeah, I know for a fact I have X number of downloads on average per episode. When I'm on the radio, you know, I can, you know, be on the, I, I'm, you know, do uh, periodically, I'm on uh, probably the number one rock station in the area. And oh. they don't, uh, you know, I rarely do I hear anybody come up to me and say, hey, I heard you on the radio the other day, but I get emails all the time. You know, I listen to your podcast, blah, 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 you know. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's maybe, maybe people on uh, listen to the radio don't interact as much. Yeah, I think that's probably true, and and I think it's a different demographic that's listening on the radio than listens on podcasts too. I think it's a different type of user. I think that people that typically listen to podcasts are much more kind of socially connected through the social networks. They probably use Facebook more. They maybe have a Twitter account. They, um, but the broadcast radio listeners, they probably are not as engaged in that stuff. They're probably you know, not consuming this stuff. They probably have Android phones. Maybe they're, they're not consuming. If you look at the numbers with, you know, um, people that have Android devices, they typically don't consume podcasts. And I can see, you know, it's a price driven, um, device, right. And, and really podcasts are being consumed by smartphones. So really, if you think about, um, who has smartphones, what they're doing, um, if you have an iPod or, or, a, or, you know, that's kind of old school now, but, but if you have an iPhone, uh, there's a better chance that you're going to be consuming podcasts and you're probably, 
a, have a different demographic, right? You're going to have a different interest areas, um, and you're probably going to be more intelligent about this this medium as well if you're an iPhone user. Yeah, that's true. And then you know now with cars too, uh, you know this uh, <clears throat> Apple's got their car thing, and Android's got their car thing. Yeah. And when that gets popular, uh, you know, then it's going to be just about as easy to consume a podcast or a stream. Yeah, you know, in no, the car. And, and I think that the whole the the Amazon the the Echo device. I don't know if you've I been following yeah, that. that. Yeah, I've seen uh, that. Yeah, it's the whole um, voice activated um, kind of virtual assistant kind of thing that you can put in your home. Um, that's becoming more and more podcast enabled too, where you can just walk into the room and say, "I want to listen to podcasts." A help desk with Mike Dell, and uh, it'll pull it up and start playing it for you. So, I think that's also what the future looks like for in-car stuff as well. So, the whole concept of word-of-mouth sharing of you know people telling each other, "Well, you know, I listen to this in this show." They don't walk home and you know just tell their virtual assistant what they want to listen to, and the virtual assistant will find it and start playing it for you. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if Siri does that. I'll have to ask her. Yeah, well, I don't think it probably does yet, but um, but it's I'm sure it's coming. <clears throat> so, so you do uh, Spreaker Live, uh, and you do the uh, Saturday morning. Well, it used to be Saturday morning tech show. Now it's called the New Media Show with Todd yep. Cochran. Yep. Uh, is, are there any other podcasts that you do regularly? Not on a regular basis. I'm on a lot of other podcasts. You know, like coming on your show. I'm a guest on a lot of other shows. I. There was a time in the past when I would I would be on a lot of broadcast radio shows off and on. Uh, that stuff doesn't happen so much anymore, and it's kind of interesting to me. But um, but it's yeah, I I mainly guest on a lot of podcasts. I think over the last week or so, I've been on like maybe four or five different shows, um, just talking about podcasting and talking about Spreaker and what's going on there. And and so yeah, I'm. I'm all in on podcasts. I've been that way for a good 10 years now. Uh, it's my full-time profession. It's what I do six, seven days a week, really. Um, it's just, uh, it's all encompassing in my life these days. <laughs> yeah. That, uh, like I said, I always, every time I see you, you're working for a different company. So hopefully you're uh, with <laughs> Spreaker <laughs> for a while now. Uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. Uh, Previously, you worked for uh, Microsoft. I did. I did. And also worked for a company called Podcast One, too, for for a year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, Norm Pettits from, uh, what was that, Westwood One? Westwood One, yeah. He was the founder of Westwood One. I, I, my office was right next to his for, for a year down in Beverly Hills, down in L.A. I'd, I'd fly back and forth from Seattle to L.A. every week. That sounds to, like fun. To, to work down there, yeah. It was definitely a different world down there. Beverly Hills and that whole thing is kind of a weird, weird world. Yeah, I've been down there a couple of times, and uh, yeah, it's it's okay place to visit. I don't think I'd want to live there. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah, so I had my own place down there for that was there for three days a week, and and then I had my own car and that kind of stuff. So uh, now you're working for Spreaker. So let's uh, yeah. let's uh, talk about that. I, I you know as everybody knows that listens to my show, I work with Blueberry and I 
promote a lot of their stuff, but I want my listeners to hear some of the uh, the other services out there. And just because you host on Blueberry doesn't mean you can't use Spreaker as well. Yeah, I mean, actually, a lot of uh, a lot of larger podcasters will actually use, um, and not necessarily just larger ones, but will use Spreaker as what's what I term as secondary distribution, where they will um, take their their RSS feed that they have at Lipson or Blueberry or whatever, and and just drop it into our platform because we have a, a bunch of listening apps as well that are out there that um, have a lot of users as well. Uh, I think we have about five million active users um, to to the overall platform. So you have you know Android and iOS and Windows Phone uh, uh, listening apps that are that are really nice. We're in the process right now of building a brand new Android app that will have playlists and and favorites and those kind of things. So you'll be able to create um, and and consume podcasts that are curated lists of of shows that were. We're creating in this this new kind of app experience that's going to be good for tablets as well as um, the Android um, phone type of devices as well. So that that should be coming in a month or two, a couple months here. Oh, neat. Uh, I I believe this show's available on Spreaker through the uh, Modern Life Network. Oh yeah, okay. And I you know you can use as far as I I know, and I haven't really dove into it, so that's why I got you here about Spreaker. Yeah. Is, I heard you can use Spreaker as a traditional podcast media host, yeah, or you exactly. can use it. It's got all that capability, yeah. And, and and what's really different about it is it allows you to do live, too. So we, we have Android and iOS apps that that enable, and in, in actually Windows and Mac um, capabilities as well to, to live stream a show. So you can produce a, a show live if you wanted to and have that go directly to your RSS feed. You don't have to do any post-production. It will automatically post. It's kind of like what the YouTube folks do with live video where you do do the live show, you know, like the Hangout or what, whatever, and it can go directly um, to be on auto-replay. So any of the web players that you're currently using off of Spreaker that will be embedded in your website will will automatically change mode to to play your live stream or your live show, and then they'll they'll, they'll automatically revert back to what they were um, making available before, and they will also um, automatically make that show available to, to be consumed on demand. Um, so it has that kind of unique kind of capability that isn't necessarily common across the whole podcasting space right now. It was really appealing to me because I've done a lot of live radio and I've done a lot of live stuff. So I'm a big fan of that. You know, that's what Todd and I do with the New Media Show. It's a live video and audio show. And then my speaker live show that I do every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific um, is all live as well. And I don't do any post-production on that show at all. It's what's what's done is what gets published, and I'm able to move on with my day and do something else. I mean, occasionally I'll I'll capture it and then edit, do some quick little editing on it, especially if there was any kind of like dead air or something like that for whatever reason that can happen in a live show sometimes. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. And it's, and, but that's kind of rare. I think it's happened maybe twice in the, the 23 episodes that I've done so far. So, and also we'll do live streaming from, you know, like the, the new media expo and podcast movement, which I would do. I think that the, the new media expo I did like, um, what was it? Like, Eight, uh, 16 hours of 
live show stuff when I was down there for the four days. Yeah, every time I walked by the booth, you were talking yeah. to somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I actually brought in other other hosts to, to host different hour blocks because I couldn't do it all. There's no way I could do four hours a day for four days. I mean, that, that was just too much even for me. Um, so I would bring in other people to host. But I did do all of the hosting down at Podcast Movement. I did two hours a day down there uh, for for the three days. Um, so I captured a lot of content and it's, and doing a show live is, is different. Um, I think you have to have a lot of confidence and experience to really pull it off. Um, but it's the, the, the energy that you kind of present with a show like that, that's done live on a floor with, you know, and you have a lot of background sound, a lot of people talking and it just has a completely different kind of energy to it, which is, which is fun and exciting and you're, you're living on the edge all the time and you have to be really focused too because there's so much distraction going on around you at all times. Um, but you have to be able to focus on your guests too if you're doing an interview and really know that person very, very well. So I only try to bring on people that I, I have known for many years that I know a lot about what they're doing and because that puts me in a position where I can be, I can do a much better conversation with them. If it's a person that I don't know anything about, it's going to be me asking them a lot of basic and fundamental questions and it may not be as interesting to the audience. True. And, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of interviewers where they don't actually listen to the question or don't listen to the answer. They're worried about their next question. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and, and it's easy to fall into that trap. And, and, you know, I've, I've done that as well. I mean, it's, you know, and it's, uh, it, you do need to listen because I mean, a lot of that stuff needs to be organic. It needs to flow based on what the conversation is because that's how people, that's, it's almost like storytelling, right? And in a lot of ways, that's, that's what it is. And, and in podcasting, as we know now, after serial, people love storytelling, you know? Right. And that was, you know, serial. I, I got into it a little bit. I mean, I listened to the whole thing and it, it was interesting, but I think they probably could have got that condensed down to about two hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, you know, well, what the heck? It was popular. It was interesting. Yeah. And I think that there's a big um, boom coming in fictional um, drama storytelling that's that's coming. Uh, I keep hearing about more projects that are being worked on. That will be more fictional based, um, not like serial, which was more reality based. Um, you know, there's a lot of um, stories that are down in down in Hollywood that never get, you know, that were made like for movies or TV shows that are pitched that are never produced. And I think that there's an opportunity. I know that there's a lot of um, there's quite a few audio uh, producer types down in LA that are working with uh, scripts and things on there that are trying to convert them into audio dramas. Um, there's been some history of success with audio dramas in the podcasting space. And, and I think we're, we're going to see a bunch of those um, come out here over the next uh, six to 12 months. Well, that'll be interesting. Do you, do you remember, uh, you know, we'll talk about back in the day. Do the you day. remember, uh, do you remember Mark Yoshimoto Nemkov? I do not. What you tell me? He What's... did a show. Uh, well, the first the first show he did was called Pacific Coast Hellway, where he re- would suppose. Oh, you know what? I think I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. He, he would record in his BMW as he drove to work down in Venice somewhere. Yeah, or Trucker Tom. You remember Trucker Tom? Oh yeah, he's a good friend of mine. He's still at it. Uh, Two thousand yeah. something episodes. But, wow. Uh, <laughs> but uh, anyway, Mark uh, 
worked for Podshow, which turned into Mevio. And he started. Then died. Yeah, yeah, and it's gone now. But Mark did a show called Shadow Falls, which was a fictional serial type, not serial as in the podcast serial, but, a, you know, a fictional yeah. uh, weekly podcast with actors and the whole nine yards. And what that was, was he's, he's a script writer. He's mm-hmm. written for, you know, a lot of uh, drama shows and, and all that down in Hollywood. And he had this one that was for a movie that, of course, he shopped around and never got it made. And so he turned it into a podcast. So, and he did that, you know, what was that probably eight, nine years ago? Mm-hmm. No, it's been done. You know, the other one that's out there that really kind of plowed the ground back in 2009 was the We're Alive podcast, which is basically a zombie drama. Um, oh, yeah. I've, you, I've heard of it. I've not listened. Yeah. It was created by, by a fellow by the name of Casey Whalen, um, who. Who is uh and he's actually working on a new project right now that's gonna it's more of a higher end project um, uh, that he's he's working with an actor called Steven Weber uh, and, and it's actually been produced already I mean it's a high end I think it was like it it, it was costing like fifty thousand dollars to produce this I think it was like eight hours of um, audio drama um, so he had to pay you know SAG. Sag performance fees and th- those kind of things to actors to come in and do this and and he, he was trying to develop a, a strategy on how he would distribute that show. He, I think he was going to start off with. I mean, it was crowdfunded, so he had to first provide it to his um, crowdfunders, um, and then then from there he would probably like take it to like Audible or something like that and make it a, a paid audio drama for a while to 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 recoup all of the other investment that he had in there. And then eventually he was thinking he would put it out as a podcast. He would break it up into like 20 minute episodes and put it out as a ad supported podcast. So it'd be like this, this windowing that you see currently, you know, with movies and television, but it would be um, with audio dramas. And I can see that probably being part of the, the answer that, uh, you know, these higher end productions will probably follow in the future. Yeah, that'll that'll be neat. And while you were talking there, I, I looked up Trucker Tom's podcast. He's up to uh, nineteen hundred and twenty episodes. Wow, wow! <laughs> He's still going. I talk to him on the phone periodically. We both end up driving a lot, of course, and yeah, and uh, so sometimes we'll pass the time that way. He's an interesting character. So is he still recording each of his episodes while he drives? No, you know he no? does. Uh, he he's, he does it now from uh, you know while he's parked and. and okay. He, he also has a fairly popular YouTube show called Trucking with Tom or something like that, and he does a daily you know three four minute YouTube. Uh, and so he, you know, he's still with it. He was one of the originals, and I know, and he I hasn't changed one bit. I, I think he's still got the same computer. <laughs> That's not possible. <laughs> no, probably not. No, you never know, though. You know, if you got a got a good computer back in the day, you know. You could but, still yeah, I, I kind of look forward to all this. Uh, you know, the uh, the fictional stuff. I, I think that would be interesting. You know, remember Scott Sigler, of course. Yeah, with mm-hmm. all his books and stuff. I mean, he he didn't do it with actors and all that, but it was still very interesting. And you know, he he hooked me on on his books because of that. Yeah, I don't know if if Scott will get into this kind of um, this audio experience type of um, you know with the Foley productions and things like that. I 
I don't know if he's going to go there or not. I think he should, but I don't know. No, I mean, he's more of an author type, not a not an audio drama type. Yeah, but like I said, that was kind of an example of that, and you know, then a few of those other. Remember patio books? Uh, I do. I you know, with Evo Terra, yeah, Evo and T Morris, and T Morris. Yeah, I forget who else was in on that, but uh, yeah, I had a book there for a while, but it was, it didn't fit their genre. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it was uh, how, how to get your ham radio license? Oh, it was a little too geeky for them, huh? Yeah, very geeky. Yeah. So anyway, Rob, I, I think uh, I don't want to take up too much of your day here. Um, where can uh, people get a hold of you if uh, if they so choose? Well, there's lots of places, um, unfortunately, because I have to keep up with them all. But uh, I, there's at uh, Twitter at, at Rob Greenlee, and that's with two E's in the end. And I have a website, um, robgreenlee.com. And I do, like like you said earlier, I do two shows. I do um, a show called The Spreaker Live Show. It's at SpreakerLiveShow.com. You can get right to it, and that'll default over to the Spreaker page for, for the show. And you can see all 23 episodes that I've done uh, in there talking with you know some of the, the, the key leaders in the podcasting space. And then I also do the... Um, the new media show with Todd Cochran. We do that at uh, 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time at uh, newmediashow.com as well. We talk about podcasting and what's going on in the the medium. And uh, so I'm all meta and my whole life's around podcasting. So what can I say? Yeah, you're not generally hard to get a hold of. One last no. thing. What – what uh, I've been asking this to, to everybody. Uh, what is the one – a tip you would give to a aspiring podcaster one tip um i would say do do get a good microphone for whatever you're doing i mean i think it, I, that's that's the number one thing that i think um a lot of new people don't really understand and i would recommend getting a dynamic microphone um, the one that I'm recommending these days uh, is a starter microphone, not your endpoint, but it could be is the the, the ATR2100 uh, from the Audio Technica folks. Um, just get a get a good mic that's versatile. That one has the ability of a USB connection as well as an XLR because at some point you might want to move up to a mixer, and that microphone will give you the ability to to move up to a you know a small Mackie mixer or something like that, which is the, the other one that I would recommend. Um, so yeah, I would think, I mean, think about your, your audio quality. I think nowadays, I think people expect good sounding audio. I think it's, <clears throat> I, there's a certain sector of the community that, that will say, you know, think about your content first, not so much your audio quality, but I, I, I think it's really important that, uh, listeners be able to listen to your show and not, um, go, go through a certain level of audio pain in the process. Um, but content is, is important. Talk about your passions. Talk about what um, will keep you podcasting over over a long period of time. Uh, one of the problems that I think a lot of podcasters have is they take on a topic that they don't really know a lot about, and they basically run out of things to talk about, and that's what causes them to pot fade. Um, so I guess that's a couple of tips. Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Uh, that's the reason I'm podcasting about podcasting because this is my passion as well. Yep. And you know, I and I did start this show specifically. I, I was talking to my wife one night and I was doing like three shows and it was like, Oh geez, I gotta go down and record again. You know, and it and it got to that point and I said, wait a minute, I wanna rec- I wanna talk about something 
that I, I like doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and on all my other shows, I ended up spending 15 minutes talking about podcasting. So I yeah. said, well, why don't I just all put that together as a show yeah. and forget these other things? Yeah, well, so, it's... And yes, yeah. I agree with you about the microphone. I have an ATR 2100 uh, sitting on the desk here, not currently plugged in, but yeah, that's a very good mic. I know you're on a SM7B. B? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I am. That's a... Th- that that's a, that's a little bit more of an investment in your uh, podcasting career. It's a three hundred and fifty dollar microphone. Right, and I'm on a uh, high LPR forty, uh, which which seem, is another se- seems to be microphone. the ubiquitous yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's probably where you're going to wind up uh, is using using a microphone like what we're using. Um, but that th- th- you don't have to start there. You know that that ATR twenty one hundred sounds pretty darn good. It'll get you an audience. Yeah, I know people that are using 2100s now that uh, sound every bit as good as we do. Yeah. You know, it's, so it's, it's pretty it's, darn close. Yeah. I got the PR40 because I was into ham radio. Of course, Bob Heil invented mm-hmm. the microphones that he did originally for ham radio. Yeah. So, you know, that's how I knew knew the name Heil. So I, I, was, I was cool before it was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right, Mike, right. you're one of the cool kids, no question about it. <laughs> eh, sometimes. All right, man. Uh, have a, a great weekend, and thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, well, thanks, Mike. It was great to to, to join you on the show, and, and I wish you the most luck with your with your podcast about podcasting. I think it's great that you're doing it. All right. See you later. Thank you. And that was a, a great conversation I had with Rob there. So thanks, Rob, for for joining me here on Podcast Help Desk. And I got a blueberry tip of the week this week, and it's an actual tip, not just an announcement like I've been doing a lot lately. But uh, even if you're not interested in using blueberry hosting or statistics, you really should get listed on blueberry. Blueberry Blueberry.com has a directory. It's easy, it's free, and it gives you another place on the net to be found and seen. And the thing about our directory and I say our, but Blueberry's directory, is that, one, it's not going to cause you problems with SEO because we have no follow on everything. We want you to come up first at your .com. But Blueberry, you know, a lot of people come there to look for podcasts to, to listen to, and a lot of the other Blueberry customers want to see who else is on Blueberry. So it's a good place to get found, you know, just like any directory. And another thing that makes that directory different than other directories is we're the only ones that encourage people to subscribe to something other than our own platform. With the Blueberry listing, it encourages your listeners to subscribe to your RSS feed, not ours. If you go to uh, pretty much any other directory... You know, they've got their own player, or they got their own this or their own that, and that's how you subscribe. You go to iTunes, you click subscribe, you're subscribed in iTunes. You go to the podcast app in iOS and find something in that directory, you're going to subscribe on that app. You know, you go to a Spreaker, if it's on there, they're going to want you to subscribe via Spreaker. And it makes sense, but Blueberry wanted to be a little different and wanted it to be an open platform, an open 
directory. And of course, we announced back in April that uh, our directory is expanding. That's still a work in progress, but it is coming. So, uh, you know, if you're not already on Blueberry in some way, shape, or form, go over and check it out. Uh, you can add your show for free. You sign up for a, an account. Uh, if you sign up for the free statistics, you can uh, be included in a, a Blueberry advertising campaign if you'd like. So, you know, that's another another motivation to uh, be on the, the directory. And once that directory expands, it's going to be a lot more visible in places that you're not currently visible. I can't talk a whole lot about that, but it's, you know, it, it, it's well worth doing, you know, uh, as some of my other cohorts in the podcasting industry say, be everywhere. And, they, you know, why not be at Blueberry? Even if you're, even if you're using Libsyn as a host or Spreaker as a host or, you know, any other platform as a host, you know, SoundCloud. Oh, and I got some stuff about SoundCloud, but we'll save that for next week. So anyway, just, you know, get in the, the Blueberry directory. It's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. And while you're over there, consider becoming a hosting customer or a premium statistics customer and you can get uh, a month free by using my code helpdesk at checkout and i think that's really all i'm gonna do today uh, i've got a few things up my sleeve but uh i'll save that for the uh, power press podcast and next week's episode which is going to be really cool because i have todd cochran coming on todd cochran of course is the uh, hall of fame podcaster, uh, CEO of Raw Voice, my boss at Blueberry, and uh, he's done, uh, I don't know, coming up on 1,100 episodes and uh, 11 years of podcasting. So he's uh, got some interesting stuff to talk about, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we'll catch you later. Thanks for listening to the Podcast Help Desk. If you would like Mike to answer your question on the show, email podcasthelpdesk at gmail.com or better yet, record a voice message at podcasthelpdesk.com. See you next time.